Congratulations for investing in your family by joining us today on the AI Parenting Podcast. We're a judgment-free community moving from screen time to quality time. Our motto is don't sedate, relate to create. And today's theme is going to be on relating because we are discussing social virtual reality and why social VR matters to families and parents. Back in 2018, Facebook's regional director in the Middle East, Turkey, and Africa, Ari Kasiglu, told us that we thumb through a Statue of Liberty worth of posts every single day. This is well before lockdown, so you can imagine what that number is today. Sometimes we feel like our phones must be listening to us 24-7. Well, it turns out that the milliseconds that we spend watching posts is more than enough input for an AI to know what ads to serve you. So what is the future of unconscious input? Where does it go from here? Today, we are exploring three items. The first is social VR and why it matters to parents and families. The second is who controls social VR. And finally, the third is preparing for our unconscious future. So let's jump into it. So the first one, social virtual reality. So some of the first VR experiences started appearing in the 60s. And by the 90s, social VR gaming was already available as a product from companies such as Virtuality. So if you haven't already seen my video on this topic, I'll do like a brief replay of the beginning uh, and the end portion uh, of the video because I want to show this to you so that we can discuss it. Here's why VR matters to parents. Now, I got something new. Uh, this is the Oculus Quest number two. This is the second quest, and I've been interested in VR for a very long time. Uh, long before I ever had any kids, I was interested in VR. My first uh, VR experience was at the uh, in the early 1990s uh, at the Calgary Stampede, a virtuality group shooter uh, that could be played with four four students. Let me show you what I mean. So this is uh, what it would look like. Uh, I'm proud to say that I shot my way through to win my very first uh, death match. Uh, and I also looked at how VR can be used as an educational activity uh, with the first Oculus Rift. Now with that one, I could not play for long because uh, it would give me like headaches. So why Quest 2 as opposed to the first Quest? Well, as somebody who has worked in products, uh, my advice has always been never buy version one, always buy version two, because version two is what version one should have been at a much more reasonable price. Uh, but the second reason is actually a much, much more controversial reason. And I think this is interesting. Facebook writes on the box that it requires internet access and a Facebook account. This is the more controversial reason. And this to me is interesting because it's a device that only works in the social space. That is, you can't just choose to play virtual reality games standalone. It's clear that the direction that they are taking this product is virtual social networking. 
So after some initial training, my first experience was in a virtual music concert app called Venues. I jumped into a lobby and was greeted by user XSAS, who showed me how to use the app. And from that point on, I knew that this would be a very different experience from my previous experiences with VR. My VR actions would be tied to my online identity in a permanent way. Some of you may have noticed that we use a, a woman riding a bike with a VR headset on as the backdrop for most of our thumbnails. There's an iconic image of Mark Zuckerberg walking among an audience all wearing VR headsets. And this was a perfect analogy of tech being used as a blindfold that hides us from what is really going on in the world. AI parenting was started so that you can see these invisible unconscious suggestions made by AI. And so that we don't always only use it for sedation, but for relation and ultimately creation. So if you're interested in the future of screen time and what this means for your family, then you'll want to be subscribed to this channel. Uh, we are going to be doing some experiments with Oculus Quest. I think it's very exciting. Uh, not only that, uh, I've got a setup where I can also... Uh, instant green screen. So we'll be able to do some kind of live views and stuff like that. Since this is a podcast, it's really hard for us to visually show you what the virtual reality experience looks like. But uh, the important thing to note is that they have a really great onboarding experience. Like literally, it, it walks you through how to pick up things, how to throw things, how to manipulate the VR world, and how to navigate within a very safe space. Uh, and so once you've got the basics going, then you can start moving into social virtual reality, start interacting with other people. There's even like a game of uh, practicing dancing with a character. It's just this kind of notion that, yes, this experience is going to be social. You need to know some of the basics of how to use it. Um, but if you want to watch more about this, go and check out our YouTube video. So now back to the podcast. I learned a lot of things in building educational apps for the first Oculus Rift headset. Uh, the first was that it's extremely hard to press things like buttons that are in a 3D space. Uh, for this reason, much of the buttons we press in Oculus Quest are done by projecting a laser from your finger to a flat surface uh, that is oriented towards you. Now, this interface breaks the immersive experience, so what can be done? Well, the result has been more Beat Saber-like interactions where you don't explicitly click on a button, uh, but rather you walk or you cross along the side of an object or you cut the object. So you think like Beat Saber um, interactions where you, you're, you're just crossing, but imagine your head is the one that is, and your eyes are producing that laser, so that straight laser. Uh, to me, eye gaze itself is fascinating. Um, it's a fascinating area of research because we can learn so much about your unconscious 
mind just from what you look at. Uh, I did a research project with Dr. Ian Hargreaves and Dr. Penny Pexman from the University of Calgary on what happens to our eyes when we gaze on 3D content on regular screens. Now, if you've ever seen 3D Facebook photos, you'll know how well they draw your attention and just move and they start moving. Just simply turning a regular 2D like photo into this 3D scene, it does a huge amount to draw our unconscious attention. And this is exactly why virtual reality is so important. It's a deep exploration into the world of unconscious attention, moving advertising to a whole new level, even if you are only seeing it on your phone. And so that's why VR today is a good sign of things to come in our own social media feeds. Even if you don't use VR or don't plan to use a virtual reality headset anytime soon. Did you hear about this week's release of the Microsoft Mesh app for HoloLens? If you did, what you think about it? Now, I was excited to hear about how it could be used to enable remote users of Microsoft HoloLens to connect with each other. But I was even more excited to hear about their integration with Altspace. Some of you might not know what this really looks like. Uh, so maybe I can describe from an Altspace user's perspective. Uh, fortunately, Microsoft did release a video uh, demonstration of the work. I can bring up my hand menu, bring up my annotations here, and my fingers turn into, at this time, essentially a pen through which I can annotate in a space. I can see here that uh, while I've been doing this, my colleagues here have annotated as well. Yeah, and speaking of annotations, I think there's a piece of this model we should look at. Can you come over here and take a look quickly? Sure. Great. I'm actually noticing that this space on the model here uh, may actually need a further look from our engineering team. It seems like there might be something out of date. So VR is still early. So many of the examples that they show today, you probably could essentially get the same result by taking a screenshot with your iPad and then just drawing over it. But I think the real interest comes when you can immerse yourself in an environment rather than just manipulate a 3D object that is in front of you. Uh, for example, yesterday my kids were pretending to be astronauts by hanging out inside a 3D model of the International Space Station in VR. So we're back to who controls virtual reality. I've had some strong reactions to uh, my first VR post, and <laughs> some told me that they would never buy an Oculus Quest 2 because of the Facebook account requirement. Uh, when I asked others what VR hardware would best protect their privacy, they didn't know, they weren't sure. So if we really want to understand privacy in social virtual reality, we need to first know which big tech companies control our social VR experiences. Many educators first experienced VR using Google Cardboard and apps like Google Expeditions and Google Daydream. YouTube itself uh, has built-in support for 360 virtual reality videos. And 
After having collaborated with Google on its Pixel smartphone, HTC sold roughly half of its design and research talent, as well as non-exclusive rights to smartphone-related intellectual property to Google in 2017 for U.S. 1.1 billion dollars. Now, keep in mind that HTC was six percent of unit shipments in the first six months of 2020. So Google was、uh, certainly an early investor, but I want to say that it was it was not Google, but it was HTC that was an early Series A investor in another social VR system called VR Chat,、uh, and it participated also in its 2019 Series C for 10 million US dollars.、Uh, VR Chat has cracked the code of creating engaging social experiences. Uh, in VR, said Vive Fort, president and senior vice president of VR at HTC, Rickard Stieber. We are excited to continue working closely with VR Chat as they help people connect with each other and the communities they love the most in VR. VR Chat is really an interesting technology, but just make sure you like and subscribe my YouTube channel to stay on top of some of the updates that they're going to make this year, which is quite interesting because of this additional investment. Now, I want to talk a little bit about AltSpace because I, I was recently talking about Microsoft, and I think this is quite relevant. So, AltSpace、um, started in 2015 to bring Second Life experiences to virtual reality. And Microsoft acquired AltSpace VR in 2017, helping to resolve AltSpace's cash flow problems. What's fascinating about AltSpace is their support for hosting these live events that range from open mic poetry and improv、uh, to church services and even meditation. My first AltSpace meditation gave me a chance to speak with. The meditation leader、uh, G.G. Jeffrey about his experiences in the virtual Burning Man conference. Cool, huh? They have like big events, like right there.、Uh, it's important to see a emerging, emerging of your VR identity and your online identity as an industry trend, rather than the actions of a specific company. You can use your Microsoft login to create an AltSpace account today. So there's this trend of combining the two. Now, back to Facebook. So I said that Facebook acquired Oculus in 2014, and Oculus was 36 percent of unit sales in the first six months of 2020. Uh, this acquisition brought on computer science legends such as John Carmack, who developed the engines for Doom, and Michael Abrash, who did graphics and assembly for Windows NT and the Quake engine.、Uh, they're certainly advancing the field of what can be done with consumer hardware in Oculus, and the Quest, especially the Quest 2, is is certainly a testament to what can be done. Now, Facebook Spaces is their social platform.、Uh, it was released in 2017, and there's that、uh, famous keynote that I just showed of Mark Zuckerberg using Facebook Spaces、uh, in a live 360 video of the flooding in Puerto Rico.、Uh, the intent was to show how VR connects with real-life issues. 
But, of course, as you may have seen, the press re reaction was generally negative. Uh, the press saw it as a tech demo in the midst of a natural disaster. So it just showed how disconnected tech can be from the reality of so many in our society. Now, I want to acknowledge that today, uh, VR um, is certainly a position of privilege. Um, but that's how all technology starts. William Gibson said uh, that the future is already here. It's just not uniformly distributed. And this is why we want to talk about it on this channel, because even if you don't have a headset right now, you deserve to know what is going on and how will it impact the future of your family. So Facebook is set to replace Facebook Spaces with their social VR app called uh, Facebook Horizon this year. Uh, since Quest devices are automatically connected to the Facebook platform, it would just quickly become the largest social VR platform overnight. Um, now, there are other devices out there. Um, so, for example, Sony has uh, targeted the gaming market with PlayStation VR released in 2016. Uh, it was 18% of VR unit sales in the first six months of 2020. And Sony also announced this week, uh, or yeah, like this week, that there would be a new VR headset for the PlayStation 5 in 2022. So without speaking specifically to the hardware, it does seem that a number of social VR apps, including Altspace, VR Chat, Rec Room, they, they all work on PlayStation VR. Uh, Rec Room, if, if you're not familiar with it, it's pretty similar to Altspace uh, with regular events and a growing community of users. Uh, in fact, in December 2020, they secured a 20 million US dollar Series C investment. Uh, their CEO, Nick Fasht, um, estimates that the company has tripled its total audience since the this time last year. Can you imagine, like, just because of the pandemic, you know, uh, VR has just, social VR has exploded. It really has. And that's why this is really important to talk about it now. Um, the company has also made a concerted effort um, or drive to be on new platforms, including, uh, like, just on regular smartphones and devices. Now, what I think is really interesting is the, the fact that they work with creation tools like Rec Room works with creation tools such as Roblox is really interesting to me because there's we're seeing this uh, trend, um, seeing as like other companies such as Microsoft uh, are using are showing Hololens examples with Minecraft. So the 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 space the the world of gaming and then the world of like social, it's all uh, it's all coming together right now. And, and so that's why it's, it's so important to talk about this experience right now. Our unconscious future. How can we prepare for a future where our conscious input becomes less and less important? I'd recommend that we explore virtual reality. In 2019, uh, Cathay Pacific, the airline, found great marketing success through an immersive ad campaign 
immersing viewers using 360 degree video technology allowed potential customers to experience what it feels like to travel with their airline uh, from checking in uh, at the airport all the way to lounging in their cabin. The brand found it easier to distribute, distribute these experiences by having people view on mobile and on desktop rather than uh, plug in headset which enabled the campaign to reach more people and it ended up performing better. Um, if you just go to the Apple um, homepage, like you'll see that many Apple products already feature a 360 degree rotating view of their products when you go and visit them. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe you've seen some of these already. Um, in 2016, YouTube worked with the Columbia Sportswear Company on 360 degree ads, uh, and they found that in total, the 360 degree ad drove 41% more earned actions, which is like engagements, than the standard ad. It also drove way more engagement uh, with Columbia's own YouTube channel than a standard ad. The full length 360 video had 46% higher view count at the end of their experiment than the standard full length piece, which was just like a regular video. So as a result, the 360 ad was more efficient um, as a more efficient buy since like it's like its cost per view was lower when organic and paid views were combined. So 360 video ads, they're here like they're, they're they exist now and you can certainly uh, see them in in a variety of systems. So. <laughs> You know, get ready, get ready for more of that to appear. And it doesn't matter if you have a device or not. A lot of the tools and technologies are appearing in there because they know that this draws attention. Uh, I mentioned earlier of a study that I did with Ian Hargreaves, exactly the same thing, <laughs> right? Like uh, it's just, if you take an object, you rotate it 360 degrees, it's just spinning. It, it draws attention like crazy. And um, this is well known. This is why Facebook has like uh, 3D photos, so you can take a regular photo, turn it into a 3D photo pretty easily. It, it's exactly the same, the same reason. Right now, like social uh, virtual reality is not all that different from joining a live voice chat platform like Clubhouse. Um, like, don't be afraid to create a free virtual account uh, to see what the experience is like for yourself. I mean. That, as a parent, is one of the best ways to learn about this whole system. Now, if you don't want to try anything related to VR at this point, <laughs> we're here for you. We're here for you, right? Like, you don't have to have a VR headset in order to know about it. Uh, that's what AI parenting uh, was, was here for. Is social virtual reality leading us towards what is going to be the next TikTok? I hope you found this episode helpful. And if you did, make sure that you give us a like or a comment that really helps us out. And if you're ready to move to the next level of moving from screen time to quality time, make sure you sign up for the AI Parenting Insider mail list. You just go to AIParenting.live and you can sign up there. We'll also give you access to a free screen time to quality time chart. Uh, this is something that we normally charge $14 for. 
So thank you very much. We will see you next week where we will talk a little bit more about evolution of tracking in the federated learning of cohorts. Thanks again. See you later.